program. Southern Heritage Bank is Central Louisiana's family of banks that provide that personal service in a corporate environment. Southern Heritage Bank is located 5211 Jackson Street. You can phone them at 318-561-2227. Southern Heritage Bank has a full range of services that are available such as online banking, freedom checking, 24-hour bank line. You can phone 1-800-992-7059. And we are an equal housing lender. Southern Heritage Bank promises prompt services without unnecessary hassle. Come in. Let us service your banking needs. Again, that all-important phone number is 318-561-2227. Thank you for tuning in for today's message with Reverend Larry R. Turner. If you would like a copy of today's message, you can contact the church office at 318-443-8715 to purchase a CD for only a $7 donation. Always remember, it's worth a trip to come and visit Christian Love Baptist Church, 3515 Hudson Boulevard, Alexandria, Louisiana. Welcome to Live Big Ministries, where Harry Cooper Jr. is pastor and spirit coach. We are located at 2840 Hollywood Avenue. We live in victory every day, believing in God. If you're interested in joining us in worship, we worship every Sunday at 1030. Bible study Tuesday at 630 and Wednesday at noon. We have a mentoring program if you're interested in mentoring young people at Warner Park Elementary School on Thursdays at 1230. Here at Hollywood, we believe that the loving is oh so good. So we're reaching out to the Shreveport community and the overall Louisiana community with a message of love, a message of hope, a message of encouragement. Listen now to a recent broadcast by Hollywood Presbyterian Church and Live Big Ministries, where Harry Cooper is pastor. For as long as the Spirit gives utterance this morning, I want to preach from the topic, Acting Brand New. Acting Brand New. I begin with the story of a carpenter. There is a carpenter. He is a craftsman, and his task oftentimes is restoring old furniture. One day, a particularly hideous piece of furniture was brought in. It looked like it had been through years and years of neglect and abuse. It was dingy. It was scarred. It looked ready for the trash heap where furniture that looks like this goes. Can you see it? Can you picture this dresser that's been played on and jumped on and just jacked up? Anybody with me? You, you with me? All right. As the carpenter looked at its exterior, he saw everything that was wrong with this dresser. But then he felt the wood and he sensed that there was more to this piece of furniture than met the eye. And so he took this old dingy dresser into his shop. And the first thing that he did was strip it of all that it had been. He strips the dresser. 
And this required a sander which rubbed out all of its blemishes. So he took a sander that had steel wool and other um, he took a steel wool stand, um, sander and then he took the zero grit sander and he just sanded this old dingy piece of material until finally the wood looked like it originally looked. Then after he did that, he said, huh, now you can see what it originally was. And now I'm going to enhance it by putting another finish on it. Now, maybe if you're really riding with me, you can already recognize that there is a similarity to this story of how the craftsman restored this dresser and how it is that we as believers have been restored by God. We have a God on our spiritual journey that came into a world and saw us in our very most jacked up self. I know that somebody may have been in this place jacked up. You, you may have been in a situation where you could not figure all of the things out and you look at your life and you can remember when you were a buck wild child all over the place. You, you couldn't, you couldn't find anything that gave you stabilization in your mind or your heart and you did everything. You were big and grown enough to do. Is there anybody here who ever lived outside of the church? I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm just wondering. I, I know that you know we like to be church folk, and when we come to church, we like to put on our church smile, and we like to put on our holy, holy attitudes, and we don't want anybody to know that we know a little bit about going to bed with Jim, Jack, and, and, and Johnny, guys or bottles, I, whichever one you want to call. It's a, somebody might. Think about all the all the hens that they could see because they are a cognac connoisseur, and and, and that's what you use on your way to sleep. So somebody, 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 your 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 thing might be peach snaps. I'm just saying that all of us have a history that we don't always want everybody to know about. We just want everybody to know that. Oh, you see, look at me now. I have been saved. I have been redeemed and, and bought with a price. And, and we don't want anybody to know that, that the reality is that we are hurting on the inside. And even now, even now, there's pain that we deal with. That, and and some, of it, some of the pain that we experience is almost embarrassing and too embarrassing for us to even tell other people that we are going through. So oftentimes we suffer in silence. We don't want anybody to know that you can go to church and still be depressed. That you can go to church every Sunday and still have a wet pillow at night because you cried yourself to sleep at night that you can you can you can serve on the usher board you can sing in the choir you could even preach the once most eloquent sermons that have ever been preached in the history of humankind but still you're empty on the inside 
You don't want anybody to know that you have to continue to fight to find the fire and the energy just to stand up and get out and see people because that's supposed to be your job. You don't want anybody to know that there can be a pain that you wrestle with. Many people suffer in silence. I just stopped by to share with anybody who has ever been through, anyone who is ever going through, anybody who happens to be under the sound of my voice, that God is in the restoration business. I'm sharing with you that whatever it is that has been maligned in your life, whatever thing that there might be in your life that may have made you dingy and that may have made you battered and tattered and may have made you feel insecure and question yourself time after time and always second guess every decision that you ever made. I just stopped by to let you know that God is in the restoration business and no matter who you are and who you are sitting next to, you are sitting next to somebody who has messed up. Now their mess up might not be your mess up, but that don't make you or them any better than the other. The fact is all of us have fallen short of the glory of God and all of us will at one time or another need a word of encouragement that just gets us to the next level. And the one word that I share with you today is God is in the restoration business. And when I say God is in the restoration business, I am reminded of the text that teaches us to no longer be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, the way that sets itself up is to understand to no longer be conformed. That means that there was an original form. Am I right? To no longer be conformed, there must have been an original form. So we are born with this original form. We are created in the image of the Most High God. When we are born, we have a clean slate. When we are born, the image of God shines forth through us. Unfortunately, oftentimes from the moment we are born until this very day, there have been forces in our world that have spoken things into us that at some time or another, we have begun to conform to the will and idea of of another. Uh, no, don't choose this major because you can't make any money. Go to school because if you go to school, you'll be able to get further in this life. You, you, you have to do this this way. So we begin to dull down the creativity of people so that they can fit more comfortably into our idea or our ideology of how they ought to be. And so therefore we become conformed to a worldview that may not be consistent with the ultimate plan that the divine creator had for us. Oh, oh I, I, if you really think about your life, think about some of the things that you have done in your life that you might not have started out thinking that that's what you wanted to do. But you allowed somebody to influence you. And so they influenced you and you did it and you know things worked out okay. But there's always been something inside of you that said, but I think I was meant to do more. 
I, I, think there's, I think there's more to me than just being able to add figures. I think there's more to me than being able to go in somebody's classroom and teach a class. I think there's more to me than working in the job that I have been working with. Yes, I work with my hands and I'm great at working with my hands and, and it's cool, but I think there's more to me than is meeting the eye of everybody. You are very much like this piece of wood that needed to be restored to a form that the divine creator had for you. Unfortunately, it is the rubbing and the abrasion and the pruning that gets you ready for the next level. Or maybe fortunate. Let me not say that's unfortunate. That is fortunate. See, the thing that that longing inside of you, uh, can we just talk? Anybody recognize that longing in them? Uh, something. You can't quite pinpointed, but you just know that it's something that says, I ought to be doing more. I can do more. That there's more to me than, than, than you, you don't even see me. You see all the stuff I can do and you see the meaning I have to you, but you don't really see me. And unfortunately, sometimes I don't even see me. It is that longing that is intended to drive us to what it takes to do and get where we're meant to be. Had there not been any longing, you'd settle for who you are, where you are. I'm sitting there simply saying to you, it's okay to be where you are, but if you recognize there's more in you than you have ever been able to see, then it's no longer okay for you to stay where you are. You cannot stand where you are not seated. So until you recognize that I, this is where I am, this is who I am, this is what I have become, you won't get to the next level. Because you can't jump off tomorrow if you're not there today. Got to go from where you are. But once you recognize that, once you are connected to the longing that is inside of you, then that's God saying, I'm here. So now be no longer conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God is working to renew your mind, to uncover stinking thinking. Much of the things that are causing us pain in our lives are due to stinking thinking. Think about it. I start telling you a sad story. What will you start? How will you start to feel? Sad, stinking thinking. <laughs> Because you call the story sad. The story was just a story. But once you place upon the story a level of judgment, you now have your emotions get into that story, and now the story brings you down. Unless you recognize, and that's why people like good endings and happy endings at movies, because who wants to go see a movie that ends with a cliffhanger? What? You mean you're not going to even reconcile this thing? Happened to me this past week. Went to see a movie that I thought was a regular movie. And in my mind, regular movies last two hours. This movie lasted two hours and 44 minutes. But I only had two hours <laughs> to watch this movie. So now... I have no idea how this movie ends. And that just perplexes me. I'm like, man, I paid my money. I paid my money and didn't even get all my money's worth. 
This movie went into extra time. No matter who you are, where you are, and what troubles and turmoils you may face, I'm saying God is in the restoration business. God is restoring you. And part of that restoration begins with some of the abrasions that you have been experiencing, some of the bumps and, bu uh, something, bumps and bruises that you have had happen to you have been trying to realign you to get into the spaces and places where God wanted you to be. Now I realize, because I don't want to be presumptuous, that everybody in here may not be in turmoil or, or disarray. There may be those who are here today who have embraced the new life that God has offered to you, and you are stronger now than you have ever been. You feel like a spiritual superman. You have been praying more. You have been fasting more. You think that you could just wave your hand and folk will just be healed. You can walk and your shadow will heal people. You know that you have some some positive experiences and some, some, some thumbs up in your recent spiritual journey. So you're feeling mighty fine, mighty good about yourself. I want you to continue to feel good about that. Please continue on. However, let me caution you just a little bit. And that little bit is that your adversary is walking around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And oftentimes it is when we think we are the strongest that we become the most vulnerable. When we think we're the strongest, I can handle this. We become the most vulnerable because we stop paying attention to the subtleties that are going on in our journey. And the moment you stop paying attention is the moment you start becoming open to the enemy's attacks. So I encourage you to enjoy where you are in your spiritual journey, but also be very intentional to stand firm in the faith and do not get distracted. If you are going through right now, the text here deals with just that that we are being restored. If any person be in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed. Behold, the new has come. Now think, if you will, for me, about your life right now. And how, and I ask the question, how has your life changed since you have been aware of the faith or as a result of your faith? Oftentimes, when we talk about our faith, we talk about it in what I would consider abstract terms. We know the words to say, but we don't necessarily have the transformation that comes along with the words that we say. So we can sing a song and, 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 and um, we'll say, I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in and the light from heaven. Fill my soul. It bade me a heart in love and wrote my name above. And just a little talk with Jesus makes me whole. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us. So we know these words. But I ask you if a little talk with Jesus will make you whole. What would a whole conversation do? 
What, what would a deepening of the relationship bring about in your life? It's good to go to church, and I'm glad that you're here today. But my, as I said last week, it's not good enough just to go to church. It's time to be the church, not go to church. You can miss every Sunday and be a better believer than some folk who come every Sunday. It is possible. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I, you know, it's not that I'm trying to say don't go to worship and don't come because I want this place to be packed out because I trust that God has a word of encouragement that is so real that a person's life can be transformed. But I don't want us to fool ourselves into believing that you get some extra credits just because you came. The extra credit is not in coming. The extra credit is going and doing. It is in being. It is allowing the words to transform your life. It is to be able to look today and look at yourself a year ago and recognize that there's been some progress in your spiritual walk. If you can't see anything different in your spiritual journey today that you saw last year, it could be that you are stagnated. And if you are stagnated, then you are spiritually dying and you don't even know it. We have to have some milestones in our life, some things that we can look at and say, ah, yes, I see how God has brought me, how God is bringing me, how God is reshaping my life, how God is transforming me. I know because if you had stepped on my toe last year, I would have cussed you out in 15 seconds. But now it takes me a minute before I cuss you out. See what the Lord has done? If you stepped on my gym shoe, I might have dislodged it in your behind, but now I'll just slap you. God is transforming my life. <laughs> Simply saying that there's got to be a progression of something that relationship is building in your life. Do you have more faith today than you had last year? If you don't, then it may be that you haven't been having enough word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you don't have more faith, it might be you haven't been listening. We are, my sisters and brothers, all under construction. There's no one here that's already made it. No, not me. Please don't put your faith in Cooper. I mean, I'd like to say like Paul, as you have seen and heard in me, go and do therefore likewise. I believe that I work in such a way that that could be true, but it's not in putting your trust in me. It's putting your trust in the God in whom I put my trust. Don't ever defer and think that I'm that guy. Because there will may come a time when you will see me and I may stumble and I might fall. Or I might be at the end of my a long day and I might not always think to say the thing you might need to hear at that moment. Because I was just tired. Or I may have been just whatever. I was just human. Or I was, I'm not just human. I like, I don't, I, I, see, that's thinking, thinking. Because when you can say to yourself, I'm just human, that allows you to make excuses for other stuff that you're not. But you are not just human. You are also divine. You are also created in the image of God. God is alive and well in you. So which are you going to lean on? Are you going to lean on your humanity or your divinity? 
And so the challenge is to consistently, more consistently lean on and trust in and believe in our divinity, not just our humanity. So when you know that you are God in G minor, you start changing your whole worldview. Because you're not saying I am God like supreme God, but I am in the image of God that would make me God in some form. G minor, not the major, the minor. But I have a way of walking, a way of living, a way of thinking that transformed my mind and my mind is being renewed day by day because if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creature and now I am God's ambassador. Everywhere I go, I am representing God. Now, how are you representing? Under construction. In the movie, War Room, toward the end of the movie, Tony faces, comes face to face with grace and he confesses his sins and asks for Forgiveness. If you're ready to go to the next level, you got to first confess your sins. You got to be willing to say, hey, you know, I've done some jacked up stuff and not necessarily in the obscure. Now, you can tell it to me in an obscure fashion. Pastor, will you please pray for me for I have fallen? Understood. But when you get to the nitty gritty with you and God, God, I slept with bing, 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 bing because X, Y, and Z, and I liked it. But I recognize I might not have been doing what you wanted me to do. Therefore, I confess my actual sin. I, you, you see where I'm going with that? You don't have to tell me. I don't. It, it ain't up to me who you're doing and when you're doing it to them or how you're doing it. But as it is with your spirit, you might want to tell God about it. Because you're not hiding from God. And so you have to acknowledge inside of yourself that you have not, I mean, this, I just say this is as a clip, quick aside. It, I don't believe it is possible to cheat on anybody. That being said, I do believe you cheat on yourself. And so many people who have owned, thought they had ownership of another human individual would say they cheated on me. No, they cheated on themselves. You were the queen. You were the king. They can't cheat on you. They cheat on themselves. They miss out on opportunities that they would have had had they dug deeper in their spirit. So therefore, you don't have to carry around all this negative energy, all this guilt, and all this other kind of stuff that they, they, they messed me up. No, they didn't. They messed themselves up. Now, you have a standard. But you didn't cause them to break the vow. Does that make any sense to anybody? It wasn't you. It's only when you think more highly of yourself than you ought that you actually could have controlled somebody else's bad behavior. You can't control that. You can control your response. And in the, in the movie, The War Room, that's exactly what was about to happen. Tony was about to mess up. And when he brings to his wife the confession, he says, I almost cheated on you, but you knew that. And you stayed with me anyhow. I, I, I deserve to lose my job because I had been skimming off the top. So they deserve to fire me, but you stayed with me anyhow. Why did you do that? And she said, you know why? Because I'm not through with us. Oh, yeah. I'm not through with us. Because God is not through with us. But you need to understand I was his before I was yours. 
And so no matter what you do, I can't allow you to get me caught up in your mess. No matter what you do or what you have done, I recognize there's something higher that I press toward a mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. And therefore, I'm not going to allow you to cause me to miss my blessing and cause me to turn my black back on the God who loved me in spite of me, who came down and saw me when I was jacked up, messed up, and picked me up. No, you're not going to have that. I was his before I was yours. So who are you praying for? Where is your roar room right now? What is it that you're on the battleground? Who are, is it your child? Is it your grandchild? Is it your marriage? Is it your job? Is it your finances? Your romances? Everybody ought to have something that you're fighting for right now. Something that you believe in so strongly that if you live doing it, you're willing to die doing it. Justice. Are you there for justice? Are you there to make sure that the least in our community have the, those with the least resources have the most opportunities to regain what has been there? Is there a commitment to the balance between power and justice in your life. What is it that you're fighting for? Fighting for your children who go out into a world every day in which there's a level of coldness and there's a whole lot of vitriol and a lot of anger out there. I'm fighting for my child. I'm fighting for Hollywood. I'm fighting for the body of Christ because I refuse to believe that the devil's going to win. I refuse to believe that we are unable to grow exponentially. I refuse to believe that we must reconcile ourselves just to go along and just go along, get along, do a little bit. We do. Oh, Lord, we're going to do what we can. I don't buy into that small church mentality thinking. That's thinking, thinking. You're as small as you think you are. And if you think you're small, you start acting small. And you start acting and downsizing your dreams and downsizing your destiny so you can just handle bite-sized portions because that's all you expect God to do. God's got so much more. A universe out there to be conquered by those who believe, who are able to see it and be it and are willing to say whatever it takes. This is K-A-Y-T, Gina.